and it's lights out from another episode of the Breaking the Chain podcast, where we will discuss everything from the Portuguese Grand Prix. Here is a news story off the track that has caught my eye over the past couple of weeks. Both Roman Grosjean and Kevin Magnussen will be leaving Haas at the end of this season, ending a four-year partnership with the team. And now, before we get to the on-track action, it's time for On This Day in F1 History. After losing out on the title after a puncture put him out of the race in Australia in 1986, Nigel Mansell was once again in contention for the championship in 1987. His Williams teammate and title rival Nelson Piquet was 12 points ahead of Mansell going into the penultimate round at Suzuka on this day. Sadly for Nigel, a big crash on this day in practice ruled him out of the race, handing the title to Piquet. For all his talent, Michael Schumacher was not above the occasional lapse of concentration. Today in 1998, Shumi stalled his Ferrari while on pole for the championship showdown with Mika Hakkinen at the final round at Suzuka. He had to start from the back of the grid and Hakkinen drove off to win the race and his first driver's title. Anyway, that's enough news and history for one week. Let's get bang up to date with the race weekend itself. In FP1, the drivers were complaining about a lack of grip due to the track being resurfaced just a month ago. When the track is resurfaced, you would expect there to be lots of grip, just like when Silverstone and Paul Ricard were resurfaced. But due to the heat the track in Portimao receives throughout the year, the surface is different to both Silverstone and Paul Ricard. In FP2, the first 30 minutes of the session were taken over by Pirelli, who had prototype tyres for the teams to test ahead of next year. The compound they were testing was a C1 hard tyre. The red flag also made an appearance in this session as Pierre Gasly's Alpha Tauri caught fire. According to the team, the fire was caused by an electrical systems blackout, which meant all the systems shut down and that somehow led to the fire kind of a weird way for a fight to start if you ask me. The red flag made a second appearance as Max Verstappen in the Red Bull and Lance Stroll in the Racing Point tangled down at Turn 1. On the previous lap, Max locked up going into Turn 13 allowing Lance to get past. Max was then in Lance's slipstream on the 1.4km run from Turn 14 all the way down to Turn 1. As they crossed the line, Max thought Lance would slow down to let him pass, but what he didn't know was that Lance was going for two push laps rather than the conventional push-call, push-call. And they came together down at turn one with Lance sliding into the gravel trap and out of the session. Again, track limits were a massive talking point in Portimount with a huge 65 lap times being deleted just in FP1 alone. So the stewards again changed track limit at turns 1 and 4 with instead of the white line defining the edge of the track as it had been on Friday the red and white exit curbs were now the edge of the track. Interestingly the stewards kept the white line as the edge of the track at turn 15. I've said this so many times before but there needs to be consistency with track limits. If the stewards were going to move it to the red and white curb then they should have done the same at turn 15 or just kept the edge of the track as the white line. So now on to qualifying. 
Qualifying was delayed by half an hour as Sebastian Vettel dislodged a drain cover on the exit of turn 14, right at the end of FP3. This resulted in most of the drain covers being checked in the half an hour delay to make sure none of them came loose during the session. After Q3, Valtteri Bottas was quite annoyed as after leading every practice session Q1 and Q2, he was just pipped to pole by his teammate Lewis Hamilton by just a tenth of a second. Something that may have played a factor was the fact that both Lewis and Valtteri set their last laps in Q3 on the mediums, but there was a slight difference with Lewis fueled up for two laps, meaning he was able to get the tyres warmed up on the first lap and then go on the attack on the second, whereas Valtteri was only fueled for one lap and did not have the heat in his tyres to improve his time enough to get pole. And now onto the race itself. The start at Portimao was electrifying and clean for everyone except for Sergio Perez who was punted off the track at turn 4 by Max Verstappen. Luckily he was able to continue in the race. Towards the end of the first lap rain started to fall on the circuit making the newly resurfaced track very slippery for the drivers. Unfortunately the rain did not stick around long enough to warrant a switch to the intermediate tyres which would have disrupted the team's strategies and could have made things more interesting as the race developed. Carlos Sainz had a great start and was able to take the lead on lap 2 of the race. Even though he only held the lead for a few laps, it is great to see McLaren finally able to fight at the front again. Lance Stroll had another incident at turn 1 with Lando Norris. Lando tried to go for a gap that was not there and spun the racing point round just for good measure. At this point the race was going Pete Tong for the racing point team with Perez down the order due to the spin on lap 1 and to make matters worse for the team Lance Stroll then got a 5 second time penalty for the incident with Lando Norris. Lance then got yet another 5 second time penalty for too many track limit excursions giving him 10 seconds worth of penalties which he served in his pit stop. He ultimately ended up retiring from the race on lap 54 as the team did not want him spinning again due to the bounce of the car getting worse from the crash with Lando. Alex Albon in the Red Bull got lapped by his teammate Max Verstappen. Yes you heard me right, he was lapped by Verstappen. When this happened I got major Gasly 2019 Red Bull vibes from Austria where he was lapped by Max. Red Bull have said that Alex needs to step it up as he has two to three weeks to prove that he can be close to Max, otherwise Red Bull will start looking for a replacement driver for 2021. Albon has the backing of the team principal at Red Bull, Christian Horner, and also the Red Bull advisor, Dr. Helmut Marko, but needs to get a move on in the last five races if he is to stay at the team next year. A driver that has been rumoured to be replacing Alex at Red Bull has been Pierre Gasly, but will not be as he has re-signed with AlphaTauri for 2021. Sergio Perez and Nico Hülkenberg are also on Red Bull's radar as they are both free agents and have proven that they have what it takes to race Max when they were at Racing Point and Renault respectively. So after quite a dominant Portuguese Grand Prix from Mercedes, Lewis won the race and in doing so became the driver with the most wins in F1 history with 92 wins under his belt. It felt like a very long race, but <laughs> it, was, it, was, it, was, it was such a tricky weekend. You saw Valtteri was quickest all weekend and 
having that switch, uh, managing to get the pole position yesterday was, was really great. But then to try and convert that today was going to be tough on those, those mediums, getting them to wake up, get them to work. Uh, at this track, it's very, very hard. And then we started to see rain at the beginning. And I had a big oversteer moment through turn six, and I, I backed off. I was like, okay, I've got a lot to lose. I'm just going to figure find my way through and then people started coming back by and it's very easy in that moment to lose lose your cool but i just stay calm and um i found it quite easy to stay quite composed because i knew that once i got the temperatures i'd be able to fight back but of course did i know that i was going to have the pace that i had no but i i was discovering the whole way uh new ways of extracting more performance from this track and this tarmac and these tires so it felt like a, it felt like one of my best. Running out of superlatives to describe you, but today 92 wins, of course, which actually is Ayrton Senna's total plus Alan Prost's total as well. So 51 plus 40. Oh, wow. So that's pretty <laughs> special, isn't it? <laughs> wow. I mean, it's, it's very, very hard to find words weekend in, weekend out when you're going through this process and this journey this, like this year. Uh, but... You know, I always say it's, it's very humbling because it is. It's, it's, it's uh, oh, like my heart is it's beating very fast right now and my emotions are very, very high. You know, I, I think today I, I wanted to, every race, you know, have the same nerves as you go into every single race, the same worries, like it's the first race and the same, the same desires and the, the, the same anxiety, all these different things. And, uh, you also have times where you're like, am I, you know, am I falling off a cliff? Am I, if I'm on the backside and I feel like I'm going, still going up. So, uh, yeah, it's, um, I never thought I'd be here, but I am. And hope that that, um, continues to hopefully show people that no matter what people say, uh, to you, just keep believing, keep pushing and stay focused, don't let up. Vatru Bottas came home in second from Mercedes, making it another one-two for the team. Yeah, the first lap was quite nice, really enjoyed it. You know, it was, um, I think it looked maybe strange for four years, but there was actually quite a bit of rain in the first lap, so that's why it was really stri slippery, and especially the, the guys with the soft tires naturally have better warm-up. But uh, yeah, uh, it was a good start for the race, but afterwards I couldn't, you know, do, do anything for it because I just didn't have the pace today. Were you surprised by your pace on the mediums versus Lewis? Yeah, yeah, I was definitely. And I think even with the hard, I think I didn't have the pace. So I don't know the reason why, but there was no chance for, chance for me to match those lap times today. With Max Verstappen coming home in third for Red Bull. Yeah, it's the most I can do. Uh, of course, I would have liked to be on the podium a bit more. Um, but anyway, still a, a good result again today. The pace overall in the car has been strong again this weekend. Do you think you are gradually closing that gap to Merck? <sighs> Difficult to say today with the pace, but also this track I think is a bit special with the grip and uh, like the new tarmac and, and tyres. But I think overall we, we can be quite happy. Um, tricky beginning where we were struggling a bit for grip compared to some other uh, cars, especially the McLarens were flying on on the first lap and even Kimi I think was behind me yeah. at one point so I was quite shocked um, but yeah we managed to keep Kimi behind and then one point I, I got into the rhythm past the McLarens was back into P3 um, but then yeah the soft tyre was not an amazing tyre today where it just opened up on the front and you lose a lot of grip so we had to pit 
but once we went on to the medium tire, I think um, we had a good pace. But clearly you could see today that the, the medium tire was by far the best tire. So even if I would have started on the same strategy as Mercedes, I would have probably lost my time on, on the hard tire. So if you start on the soft or lose it on the hard, it doesn't really matter. So at the end, I think P3 for us was the, the best we could do. Were you a little bit worried when you had that contact with Checo for the car? Yeah, of course. I mean, uh, I probably didn't exactly know where I was, but he clearly didn't give me enough space and took himself out. Um, and then from there onwards, first, of course, I'm checking if the steering is still straight and everything, but luckily everything was fine and uh, we could continue. We'll be in Italy again next week for another race at Imla for the Emilia Romagna Grand Prix. Imla has seen some great races and also some great tragedies, as it is the place where we lost the late and great Ayrton Senna and Roland Ratzenberger in 1994. This is addition to the number of near misses over the years, including in 1989 Gerhard Berger crashing and being knocked unconscious in the car that then caught fire, resulting in burns to his hands. Since all of these incidents, various changes have been made to the circuit to make it significantly safer. In fact, Imola became a fixture on the F1 calendar, largely as a result of tragedy. The first race at Imola was in 1980, after the Italian Grand Prix was moved there from the high-speed Monza circuit, as a direct result of 1978's start-line pile-up, which claimed the life of popular Swedish driver Ronnie Peterson. That race was won by Nelson Piquet for Brabham Ford. And so we've reached the checkered flag. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. Arrivederci, and I'll see you in Italy again next week.